It's Dr. Peaky. Welcome to the Peaky channel. Today, it's time to peek in. After recording episode 9 and sleeping on it for a couple nights, this thought came to my mind. I felt like I went a bit overboard with how my emotions played out and how I responded to that situation that day. I mean, time to time, people miss flights. <laughs> sure, I missed two whole flights on the same day. And of course it's unfortunate. It could have been way worse though. I didn't run someone over with my car. Well, actually, the other day I almost did that while another car driver and I were both trying to get each other to go first at an intersection. A girl appeared out of nowhere and started crossing the road on my side. I feel like a lot of these incidents are described this way, but this is what really happened. I had accelerated to go forward and stop my car after a second having seen her. Anyways, there are definitely way worse cases than missing multiple flights, but why was the question still? Why had I reacted to this degree? So after going through my own thoughts and doing another reflection of my reflection of that day, <laughs> I think I came to the conclusion. And I believe it was because I felt that it was connected to another mistake I had made in the past that dates back about four years ago. Here's what happened four years ago. I used to be in a long distance relationship. We lived three hours apart, he and I. We had planned to fly to Bangkok, Thailand, for our first foreign vacation together. I packed all my bags and I was ready to go. At least I thought. I got in my car with my luggage. I double checked everything. Or at least I thought. Then I drove down three hours to where my then partner lived so that we could take Uber to the airport together. Upon my arrival to his house, we would have about three hours before we would need to call the Uber and drive to the airport. We always left about 45 minutes before boarding time began. Today was no different, even though it was for an international flight. Yeah, we didn't know it was coming. So I arrived at his house and we were just doing our own thing and as I was willy-nilly lying around I just had this sudden remembrance to grab my passport. I knew that I had left it at his house to prepare for this flight just in case I forget it for whatever reason because I tend to be forgetful. So I looked in the cabinet that I knew I had last put it. Can you guess already where I'm going with this? It wasn't there. I looked all over his house. I asked him many, many times if he was sure he had not moved it since I had last placed it there in that very place I knew was so secure. It was the very cabinet he also stowed away his valuable identification documents and such. Nope. He said he never touched it and he had no reason to reach into that cabinet recently. What he was saying made a lot of sense. There's not a lot of situations that require us to grab our passports, social security cards, etc. Right? 
I began to panic at this point. <laughs> Sound familiar? This time, you're in for a bigger thriller story. I hope you're buckled up and have your seatbelt on again. Where could it be? I knew that I had purposely brought my passport months ago to his house for this very reason. I wanted to make sure it was close by to the airport, so I thought it was the best idea to, while I remember, keep my passport at his house. His house was only 20 minutes from the airport that we had to depart from, but now it was not there. Why had I not asked him to check if it was still there for me the night before? <sighs> I don't know. I guess I just was so confident that it was there still that I wouldn't need to because it was my last memory of touching my passport at the time that I was thinking this. Yeah, it was nowhere to be found, at least at his house. I did the same thing back then as I did a couple months prior when I missed my flights. I traced my steps backwards. When was my last memory of touching my passport? Did something happen in between the time that I had transferred my passport to his house to this cabinet? There had to have been, right? Because it wasn't there. I thought hard and I thought as quickly as I could. I had my hands to my forehead, back curved down to the ground with my elbows perched on my thighs. I looked at the clock. It was three and a half hours before boarding time. I needed my passport to board this plane, and I couldn't use any other forms of identification. Back then, I didn't have my global entry card. Damn, if I did have that. I had a chance to reconcile my mistake much more easily back then. <sighs> Anyways, so I concluded that I needed my passport, right? It was the only thing that would allow me to get onto this plane that evening. I had to find it no matter what. This was an international flight, and no, it wasn't Southwest. <laughs> I did not have the option to rebook this flight as easily as I was allowed last time. By the way, as all this was going on in my head, I was already freaking out about cancellation fees, change fees, possibly losing the whole flight cost, which was thousands. The only other place that I could think of that it would be was my house. Yeah, three hours away. And then I suddenly remembered that I did in fact have a reason to use my passport recently. Yep, sound familiar again? This time, I had to bring it back to my house from his house so that I can verify my identity at one of my new per diem jobs. Basically, you have to show up in person with these documents that certify that you are who the hell you claim you are to finish the hiring process. Normally, you're allowed to use one form of identification from column A in the table and another one from column B or just bring one form of identification from column C. The latter example would have been my passport and the prior example would have been one driver's license and one social security card. At the time, my social security card was at my parents' house on the other side of the country. So my only option was to bring my passport in. 
I had totally forgotten that I had brought my passport back to my house for this. For some reason, I thought that never even happened, which was why I was so sure that my passport was at his house. At this moment, I knew that it must be at my house. Even though I didn't need to look at the clock again to verify that, of course, I wouldn't have the time to drive to my house, which was three hours away, and back south three hours to board this plane, I still did. As if miraculously, the clock would read that I had eight hours before having to board the plane that night. Ha! I began thinking of any possible ways to make this work. Anything. Logistically, the only way I could make this work was to somehow meet someone who could grab it for me at my house and meet me halfway between his house and my house. That someone would drive one and a half hours down towards us and we would drive one and a half hours up to grab the passport from them, then drive our asses back down to the airport. That would be about three hours. For the remaining 30 minutes before boarding time, we needed to park our car in the long-term parking lot, take the bus from there back to the airport, get through security, and run, run, run to the gate. We wouldn't be able to leave the car at his house to avoid nine days of parking fees per the original plan and call an Uber to his house for the airport as planned. We needed to save that time or else we would risk not being able to board. In my head, it seemed like the timing could work so long as I could find someone now who's free to even do this for me. Someone who happened to be nearby my house and willing to take more than three hours out of their weekend to do this for me. Who and how the hell would they even get into my house? Yeah, two more added problems to my think pot. This is how I thought through this. Who else had access or keys to my house? The landlords. They visited time to time and stayed at the main house on the property to maintain the land. My first thought was to try seeing if they were in town for the weekend. I frantically searched my messages to find our chat thread. I've typed the message as fast as my thumbs would allow and pressed send. Wait a minute. No, why would I waste more time texting them and waiting for them to respond? This is a situation that needs calling. So after I texted them, I clicked to call their number. They picked up. I was like, hallelujah in my head. I did my best to make the greeting as short as possible and went straight into business. They were in town. I asked if they would be open to allowing my friend in to grab my passport. They thankfully said, sure, as long as I can prove who they were so that it's not some stranger just trying to get access to the home, blah, blah, blah. I said that I still needed to find someone and that I'd call right back with a name. Okay, one problem down. I had access to my house. I just needed to find someone who would carve out a chunk of their day and compensate for my dumbass. <laughs> my backup plan was to ask my landlords, but I really didn't want to burden them in that way. After all, they were my landlords and not my friends. I'd be even more uncomfortable about asking them. The first person I thought of was my best friend at work, Ayla. 
She was the most fun and the most hardworking girl I knew. And she lived near me, within 10 minutes away in our small little town. I called her to see if she just, oh wow, happened to not be doing anything, if I could ruin her weekend a bit, disturb her date she may have been on with her boyfriend. Ugh. Even having to ask such a thing was killing me. This level of guilt was really bothering me, but I knew I had to at least try to serve justice to this dilemma that I was in and that I created. She could say no, and I would have just had to deal with it. Oh my gosh, she was free. She said she and her boyfriend were just chilling. <laughs> oh, I felt like the heavens were watching over me. This plan just may work. I might actually be able to get on this plane tonight. First things first, while they made their way to my house, I quickly called my landlord to give their description and names. Once they arrived, she FaceTimed me so that I could see where she was and so I could tell her where to look. I knew that the only place I would have placed my passport in the house was in my dresser. That was my secret hideout for these items at the time. I always had it in my dresser that held all my underwear. And yes, I had my best friend dig through my underwear to find my passport. I'm so sorry, Ayla. I love you. I will love you forever. <laughs> Thank you for digging through my underwear that day. Indeed, it was there. She ran to her boyfriend's car and they began driving full speed towards us. Thank God for the location sharing feature on Google Maps. Oh my gosh, because of that, I was able to track her exact location during this crazy journey. Since it would take longer for my then partner and I to physically move through this plan together, we decided that it would be best for me to get to the airport first with our bags and focus on coordinating everything from there while he drove midway north to meet Ayla and her boyfriend. I made my way to the airport. Since I had access to Ayla's location and my partner's location, my job was to tell them where to meet as they all drove at top speed. To give a little more detail on how this was working at this junction, Ayla's boyfriend was driving his massive truck. Think huge wheels, a giant two-seater car through the woods, the forest, through curvy roads where phone signal is impossible to get. And finally, onto the main highway that runs straight down south. My partner was driving our C63S AMG Mercedes-Benz. Imagine fat wheels all around, wide width, hugging low to the ground, over 500 horsepower, also a loud monster. To perfect this plan, I made sure that both parties knew the color of each other's cars, the size, and make, so that they can locate each other on the highway. Again, the only way the timing of all this would work is if both cars go at full speed. I don't mean top of the speed limits, guys. I mean the full speeds that these cars can go. On top of that, with no traffic and not getting pulled over. That was the only way. Every minute, every second was crucial for this plan to be successful. I was extremely anxious. My job had to be done perfectly to eliminate any time getting wasted. 
at the airport, I checked their locations every five minutes. I also used this time waiting to brush up on how to direct my partner once he arrives at the long-term parking lot. I checked bus times for him because I had to be ready to tell him how long he had to park the car, run to the elevators, which floor to land, and then where to go for the bus stop when it comes by to pick passengers up. Then I had to double check which bus stop at the airport would get him as close as possible to where I was. I next had to make sure I knew which direction to go once we passed security. Was it left or right to go to our gate? Everything had to be known, and I had to memorize this immaculately. We had no time to squander. There was no room for mistakes. I checked up on both of them, and while they drove like maniacs and nervously watched for police, I apologized profusely for putting them at risk, for potentially creating a situation that could put them in danger. Like what if they got into an accident and died? I was thinking the worst of the worst that could happen. And it would all be because of me. I prayed to my God. Imagine a girl at the airport, just crying aloud, phone to the ear, face buried in my free hand, gibbering whatever I could get out with snot rolling down, no tissues around to wipe away. I was a mess. Over the phone, I could hear the engine of the C-63S roaring while he floored the crap out of it. Weaving through the city roads, he said the lights were consistently green for him to pass on and the roads were abnormally empty. Oh my God. Again, I felt like the heavens above were responding to my prayers. How could this be? On this day, exactly during the time frame I needed there to be no traffic and absolutely no barriers? I believe in my God. I don't know about you. There just had to be a divine intervention that day. I watched furiously their locations as they neared each other on Google Maps. My partner going at 180 miles an hour, once reaching the big highway running up north, and Ayla's boyfriend flooring his truck at maximum speed on the same big highway running south. Once my passport was handed over, I began recalculating whether he would make it back down in time. Again, it appeared only possible if he sped past the speed limits with no traffic. Could he make it? I didn't think so. Because he had to drive even faster than what he was going at while driving up towards them. We fell behind schedule. He needed 45 more minutes. I called my ex-partner again and said to just abort this mission. I didn't think it was worth risking his life and possibly others speeding his way down and rushing everything. All this was a bad idea. I shouldn't have even brought the idea up. I shouldn't have attempted to even develop this master plan. I was having huge regrets. Oh my gosh. The suspense was defeating me. Ultimate self-blaming was real. If it just weren't for my dumb mistake, none of us would be here. My landlords, Ayla, her boyfriend, my ex-partner. Fuck 
the $5,000 we would have lost on hotels, flights, excursions. It wasn't worth the troubles that could come with this. I couldn't take it anymore. But I knew if I just hung on a little longer, this may end up okay. Where everyone is safe, nobody gets into an accident, and where we even get on this international flight. He reassured me that everything would be fine. If he thinks there would be trouble, he will stop right away. At this time, I realized, wait, all along, I was catering to the boarding start time. Boarding usually lasts at least 30 minutes and probably more for this international flight. I regained hope. The extra 45 minutes he needed to make it we might be able to gain most of it. We just had to arrive at least before gates closed for departure. As the time ticked towards gate closing time, I refreshed Google Maps every minute. He finally reached the long-term parking lot. He might make it, he might make it. But to much dismay, the bus didn't show up as scheduled, he said. We pondered whether to call an Uber to get him to the airport immediately. We couldn't afford the bus being late. Would we even be able to get an Uber in time? Well, because the bus was nowhere in sight, we decided to go ahead and call one. Just as he was about to make his final click on the app, the bus showed face. We were still 10 minutes behind schedule now. At this rate, we weren't going to make it to the gate. We were so close though. We didn't give up. If we make it, then we make it. And if we didn't, then at least we tried till the end. I recited our steps to make once he reaches me at airport security. I kept him on the phone until I saw him in my line of vision. What a great idea it was for me to take the luggages so he had free hands to do this. Although, our Bluetooth-enabled earphones would have been even better. Once he got off the bus, I told him what direction to take, and he followed suit seamlessly. It was now four minutes until boarding time was over. We had four minutes to get our carry-ons and through security and sprint to the gates. Yeah, there was no way. Even when we yelped, that we were about to miss our international flight to the security agents and they allowed us through first, it was still not going to be enough time. Still, we went through with it. Thanks to the security guards and TSA pre-check, we were able to get ahead of everyone else in that line. It took several minutes nevertheless to get our bags checked and all. We had under a minute left. Yeah. The chances of us making it to the gate was null. Maybe, just maybe, they'll keep it open? Seeing that our tickets weren't scanned yet? Huh, it was a far shot. The gates were farther than expected. All the international gates were farther away apparently. Guess that makes sense. Definitely not helpful to our situation though, geez. Time was up as we sprinted through yelling, excuse me, sorry, excuse us, please. 
We finally arrived at our gate, three minutes late. The gate attendants were still in front of it. They appear to be helping some lady with her ticket. Maybe they will still let us on. Indeed, one of the gate attendants, having seen us with our bags, our face sprinkled with shiny sweat, gave us the face that she sees people like us all the time. She smiled, held out her hand for us to hand her our tickets, and said, I'm guessing you'd like to get on this flight to Bangkok? In unison, we panted, trying to catch our breaths, and said, Yes, ma'am. So that's how we began our trip to Thailand. So why had this story influenced my overreaction in episode 9? I think it was because I had already made a huge mistake just like this one before. It was as if I didn't learn my lesson back four years ago. Overreactions tend to occur when there is a trigger. In this situation, the trigger was that I didn't want to accept that I made the same mistake again. A mistake in my standards was huge. One that affects people beyond myself. The thought of putting others at harm, even just my actions negatively affecting other people in some way, is something I have a hard time allowing. Whenever it happens, I tend to replay these events in my head involuntarily. It eats me up like acid. I understand that making mistakes is such a humanly thing to do. But I guess I tend to take it more seriously than the average person would. The reason behind that is because I try so hard not to make them by preparing extensively. Both times, it's not that I slacked off with packing and double checking things. I created pack lists and went by them strictly. But the fact that I still missed something and that something was the most important was what I couldn't get over. So when it recurred a couple months ago and this time I actually missed my flights and then I missed another one that same day, yeah. I was thinking about what I had done four years ago. I like to think that I had made changes to improve. Do you have a story like this where you felt immense regret? I'd love to know that I'm not the only one. Let me know in the comments. For next time, let's continue this talk about faults. If physical harm counts, that is. I can't wait to share too. I'll talk to you on the next one. Bye for now.